Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here, Jamie Markley. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, let's just get the bad news out of the way first, David. Well, that, we'll get that done in the first hour. That ugly R word has reared its head again. Uh, recession. Yeah. Deutsche Bank uh, is now the first major Wall Street bank to forecast a U.S. recession ahead. I'm talking about the Fed getting more aggressive to fight inflation. Uh, they're saying the U.S. economy is expected to take a major hit from the extra Fed tightening by late next year and early 2024. We see two negative quarters of growth and more than 1.5% uh, point rise in the U.S. unemployment rate, developments that clearly qualify as a recession, although they say it, it, it should be a moderate one based on where things are right now. But I will remind you that that time frame still includes Joe Biden theoretically remaining as president. So it may get worse than that. Well, yeah. And so what's the plan? Uh, give people more money? Yeah. Yes. Like California, how about some gas cards? <laughs> Jeez. Let's do that. Give away some more money. It's it's crazy. But, I mean, all this was predicted. That's the thing about it. I mean, you give the story. And you hate to hear it, but it's not like it's a huge surprise. And you can't trust the people in power. Of the people we've talked to um, strongly disagree with that assessment. Okay, can you name, I'm starting to sound like Robbins here, can you name any assessment the people you listened to were right on any sort of issue? Uh, well, not only that, but get in the real world and talk to anyone who goes, you know, things are fantastic right now. I, I would say the one thing is that they did call the Russian invasion of Ukraine. They did say that would happen, although then that kind of gets wiped away because they also thought Kiev would fall in like a matter of days, and it didn't. Yes. Well, and I'm still trying to figure out when you threatened the sanctions, was that to deter Putin from going in? Mm -mm. Because the White House is not exactly on the same page when it comes to that. The people that work for Biden say, absolutely, that's what it was meant for. And Biden says, no, it never was. So it's very confusing all the way around. Um, we're going to have a lot more problems coming through the southern border in a short amount of time. And it seems like, well, the White House knows it. Everybody knows it. But this is by design. It has to be. Yeah, it does. The uh, Biden administration is moving forward with lifting Title 42, the health order that makes it easier to deport illegal immigrants. They say, well, that's been too effective. We need to get rid of that. Uh, that'll happen towards the end of next month. And when it does, we'll be seeing a crisis at a level we've never seen before, because then we're talking about 18,000 people crossing the border every single day. Um, but yet little kids should still mask up. Right. But we don't really care about people bringing COVID into the country anymore because the crisis of COVID is over. That's why we can let all these people in. But you people mask up. Yeah. Now, how do you square that? You you can't. You can't. It's insanity, man. Uh, Jay Johnson, he was the head of Homeland Security under Barack Obama, 
I, he's he's a fairly low key guy whenever he does interviews, but I think you've seen him a lot more recently because that's his version of jumping up and down, saying this is a big problem for well his fellow Democrats. You know, he was the head of Homeland Security under Barack Obama, and he's like, you know, we're going to get wiped out if you guys keep going down this road, right? Uh, Democrats have got to fix this. He says this this was on Fox News. If you go to Laredo, Texas, for example, Henry Cuellar's district, 85% Mexican-American, overwhelmingly Democratic, they want a secure border. I know, I've been there, I've heard this. 7,000 a day is not sustainable in multiple respects. It overwhelms the communities in Texas, Arizona, uh, that have to absorb this population. It overwhelms Catholic charities. It overwhelms the Border Patrol mm-hmm. and ICE and their ability to keep up with these numbers. And real quick, it does seem like the rest of the country doesn't seem to care, especially in our national media. Oh, those well, people. Yeah, I know. that's It's tough for them. But we got a nasty storm coming our way. Right. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it really is just because it does not affect them to the same level that it affects people in Texas and Arizona and even in Southern California. Right. Although it's coming to your town real soon. But anyway, go ahead, Jay. And obviously it overwhelms the Biden administration politically. Um, this is affecting his approval ratings. The We just have to, we have to enforce border security, and we have to send the message that we are enforcing border security. <laughs> That's going to be pretty tough, dude. I'm just bewildered. We know this. I mean, so the end game is just to in, to expand your voter base? What else can it be? I mean, it can't be oh. anything else, right? It no, can't. I, 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 I think it can be something else. Oh, okay. It's labor shortage. It, I mean, it, it has to. Uh, this is exactly why the respective parties were on the opposite ends of the debate over illegal immigration back in like the 50s, is because Democrats didn't want illegal immigration because it hurt union interests. Well, Republicans uh, said, well, we're friendly to big business, so we're not going to really focus on this as an issue. And now that, that has kind of flipped. Um, so if you have a situation where a whole lot of people and a whole lot of businesses aren't able to find workers, why not, you know, have them come together lobbying the White House to just sort of be a little bit more relaxed on the border so you can get cheap labor? Either yeah, that way, can very well be. I mean, I don't think it started that way with this administration, but maybe that's where it is now. Oh, I, I think I think they both complement each other, honestly. I mean, you look at it as what what do Democrats love to do? What especially modern Democrats? What what has been the goal of a lot of their policies and a lot of their stances? It's about creating underclasses wherever they can find them. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, okay, well, we're going to talk to this five year old about how that person is actually non binary or some nonsense. We're going to plant this idea that a thousand unarmed black men are killed by cops every year even though that is wildly inaccurate. Oh, yeah. But the whole idea is about class struggle. It's to say, okay, we're going to say you're uh, you're a victim, you're a victim, you're a victim, and we're the only people who can help you. But at the same time, if our rich buddies can get a little bit richer, come to our nice galas and whatnot, then, yeah, that's fine. Jeez, man. I remember, I've said this before, I'm not going to stay on it long. It was 2005, 2006, talking about the border issue. 
at the time. And it was so maddening. And I, I don't blame one specific party. I do right now. But, yes, you're right. Both parties have been on different sides of this, depending on who is lining their pockets. And who gets screwed every time? Working Americans. Yeah. Every time. Well, it's just so hypocritical because you got these guys coming in. You you know, mask your children so they don't get COVID. But they're dragging in fentanyl by the boatloads, killing more oh, kids sure. than anything that stupid virus ever did. Yeah, and the thing and, is... And now, and this is what we're concerned about. I mean, compared to, you know, what, 15, 20 years ago? Yes. Cartels, just stronger. It's well, much more in play. Well, yeah. It, They're a freaking crazy. army. Uh, meanwhile, what was the president doing? Focusing on issues? Focusing on solving some problems? Uh, no. Uh, Joe Biden did an event yesterday celebrating truck drivers, the people he wanted to fire for not being vaccinated, you know. Uh, the thing that... This whole thing went really off the rails as he was talking about driving opportunities for veterans. Okay, let's enjoy this. If you can handle a tank, if you can handle an armored personnel car, you sure in hell can handle one of these suckers. And an awful lot of well-known people also. The idea, I remember, I'm going to digress for one second. Uh I was a young senator. There there was a guy who... This is when his staff is gripping like crazy. It's Uh, a white-knuckle ride from here on out. Uh Uh-oh! Ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. And uh, so I decided to ride out with him, see what it was like on the strike. And I was driving, going through Shiloh, Ohio. And... uh, and we, he, he was, his handle was Big Ten. And remember, everybody, all the truck stops were being blockaded at the time during the strike. And he, uh, what? he called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, I don't know if you want me to stop it or that's just a frustrated look, Scott. No, I'll do whatever you want. The punchline's still coming. Okay, go ahead. And the only woman truck driver I ever knew I met that day, she said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Swear to God. He said, he said, I've got a United States senator driving my truck. She said, I got the damn president of mine, so what? <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was a very powerful guy. Anyway. <sighs> so when Deutsche Bank says it'll be a moderate recession... This is one of the reasons why I, I doubt that. I, I think 2023 is going to be a very, very rough year. Yes. But you think then it will get back? We're just going to have to suffer for a while, is what you're saying. I, I, don't, I don't think we really have much of a choice right now. Okay. Mama said knock you out. Okay. <laughs> Elon Musk. Hey, here's good news. I really believe this. I Thought maybe I was overhyping this yesterday when we first started talking about him buying all the shares of Twitter. Like he's got a ten percent stake now. Is it a big deal? You don't you don't see it so much yet, right, David? No, not really. I do, man. I think he wants free speech. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm too optimistic. But from what he had tweeted out over the last couple of weeks, saying, "Hey, is this really free speech?" Man, I'm paraphrasing. But, man, people are excited, and now Twitter has appointed Elon Musk to its board of directors. They didn't have much of a choice. You know, I mean, guy owns 10% of the company. Well, the other part that I'm trying to think is, would he really get into this just for the money? I don't think so. I think this actually means something to him, just based on interviews that he's done, to change this thing up. And I figure when he started talking about 
building his own to compete with Twitter. Different people were giving him feedback saying, why don't you just buy it? I don't know if that's what influenced him to do it, because as we know, if you have a conservative voice, Twitter will shut you down. Right now, if you just state a fact, a biological male is a man, you will get booted off of Twitter. And Elon Musk thinks that's absolute nonsense. So now that he's on the board of directors, I think he's going to have some sway, because what are they most afraid of? Twitter. Shareholders. I don't care about the people. That's the biggest shareholder. I'm optimistic change could be coming. I just like looking at me like, yeah, you can complain all you want. I'm going to buy the company. How about that? Yes. I like the idea. I do. I'm with you. See where that goes. Okay. As bad as the polling is for Biden, you know who it's worse for? (laughs) Three guesses. We'll get to that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, if you heard the question, you probably already know the answer. As bad as the polling is for Joe Biden, it's worse for this great American. I mean, she resides just down the hall from Joe. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, my, David, what's the story? Vice President Kamala Harris, I mean, consistently has lower approval ratings than the president, Joe Biden himself. Uh, 54%, according to a new Rasmussen Report survey, 54% do not believe she is qualified to be president. Of that 54%, about half see her as not at all qualified, like no way isn't up to the task. Well, I mean, the racism and sexism in this country just doesn't stop. Yeah, but it's a lot of Democrats who don't like her either. Well... Uh, they're racist and sexist, too. Yeah, about a 40%. We know Democratic voters were racist and sexist because that's why she didn't make it to Iowa in the primary for 2020. True. Or Cory Booker. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, she didn't make it out of 2019. Correct. In the race, yeah. So uh, 40% view Harris favorably compared to 56% who have an unfavorable, uh, unfavorable opinion. About half of those people say they view her as very unfavorable. Hmm. Why do you suppose that is? Well, because what has she actually done? Yeah. Well, she comes off as a phony. Well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing real about her. Nothing. I think that is the biggest thing. And then the fact that when she goes out there to speak, I mean, Joy Reid was giving her softballs this past Friday. She couldn't handle them. She doesn't answer questions. She just runs in circles, and it's a never-ending sentence. She doesn't pause. Again, it's a paragraph eight lines long, but one sentence. <laughs> and that's also part of it. Yeah. <laughs> what? You heard it. No, I know. It's just it's ridiculous that we're talking about the vice president of the United States. Yeah. We have two people, president, vice president. Neither one can cobble a sentence together. It's amazing. Yeah. There was part of that interview, too, I don't even think we had a chance to get to, where Kamala is 
talking still about January 6th. Oh, yeah. She was comparing Ukraine to January 6th. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You didn't hear that? No, no. I didn't. Oh, I haven't either. Oh, enjoy it. Um, a, 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 I think a continuing discussion about the fact that what happened on January 6th was a concerted attempt to undermine the integrity of our elections system. To, to, to suggest that in any way it lacked legitimacy. And that plays right into the hands of all of those who would attempt to say America does not live its principles. See, it's okay when Hillary Clinton says the election was well, stolen from me. Kamala Harris reading into the record that the 2016 election was stolen. Yes. She did. But that was different. Okay? Orange man bad, David. Uh She's fighting for democracy. Right, okay. And just like they're trying to take it away from Ukraine, that's what they're trying to do right here in our country. Yeah, I can see why her approval rating is terrible. No one buys into that BS. Um, On a much lighter note, but something interesting. And Man, the Today Show, they covered Tiger Woods' Huge, like a whole segment today. Mm-hmm. That it looks like he is going to be playing at the Masters, coming back from that horrific leg injury, right? This was the interesting thing because whenever Tiger shows up anywhere, people are going to notice a lot of different things. And one thing the media picked up on: Hey, Tiger's not wearing Nikes. He's wearing Foot Joys, which are made by like Titleist, the Cushnet. But why is that? You don't know for sure. People are speculating. Well, it probably has something to do with the leg injury. That's what I was thinking. More comfort in those shoes. Yes. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, Tiger went to more comfortable shoes with Nike, his own signature shoe, the Tiger Zoom. We're, we're supposed to be the most comfortable. But he's wearing foot joys right now. So that's like a big deal. <laughs> so a cushion at stock has gone up. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's right. He should play the Masters with some fuzzy, like, rabbit slippers. <laughs> I don't think he could do that with the amount of torque he's putting on the Probably old swing. Probably not. We pay such close attention. You said he had the Nike hat on, though, right? Yeah, yeah still so. has that. But, I mean, honestly, if you have your own brand of shoes, but you're not wearing them because I'm wearing these others, they're more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. That's not a great look. Yeah. Um, did you hear Jen Saki get defensive when asked about teaching little kids about sex? You got to hear this. Straight ahead. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial. That's David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was a little defensive yesterday, David. Yeah, when asked about the anti-grooming bill in Florida, the White House is getting ready to support any legal action against the state of Florida over this bill that, in part, bans teachers from having secret sex conversations with little kids. I still have not heard a coherent argument yet 
that is against this bill, like this who, law. Who is actually the harmed party in this? Tell me exactly how somebody is harmed. Right. They throw it, harms, out a, it harms families and, and, and little trans kids. But it doesn't. I know. But anyway, uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked Press Secretary Jen Psaki, hey, at what age do you think it is appropriate to start teaching kids about sex and gender identity? That is a great question. Yeah. Great question. Uh, what we think it's a reflection of is politicians in Florida propagating misinformed, hateful policies that do n- absolutely nothing to address uh, the real issues. Uh, but uh, are you saying two then? Yeah. Well, you're not answering the question. Right. What? Right. What? What age is right. that? Are you saying it is an issue then? I don't know. I would note that parents across the country uh, are looking to, um, you know, uh, national, state, and district leaders to uh, support our nation's students, to ensure that uh, kids are treated equally in schools, and that is certainly not, this is not a reflection of that. Well, supporting students by keeping them from being groomed, Jen, seems like a great idea. Well, and, and not to mention, it's really tough to hear something like that from the party that wanted to keep your kids out of school for two years. <laughs> no, 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 no. After that, y'all don't get to talk about protecting students because you screwed over an entire generation of children because the adults were too scared. Not safe. No. no so what's, what's the answer to the question? Okay, well, well here you go, Scott. Uh, okay. Ducey comes back. Thank you. And ask the question a little bit differently. So he says, do you actually support teaching kids this stuff before kindergarten then? Essentially, what is that age? Where now, is that? Let's rephrase it. Yeah, here we go. All right. Okay. Do you have examples of schools in uh, Florida that are teaching kindergartners about sex education? I'm just asking for the president. Well, I think, that's a re- I think that's a relevant question because I think this is a politically charged, uh, harsh law that is putting parents and LGBTQ plus kids in a very difficult, uh, a heartbreaking circumstance. And so I actually think that's a pretty relevant question. Go ahead. All right, a couple things here. One, how is it putting them in a heartbreaking situation? Right. It's never answered. It's just said. No explanation. Um, the second thing in this first part here. A harsh law that is putting parents and LGBTQ plus. Wait a second. It's a harsh law. Okay. You want an example, right, of where it's being taught before kindergarten? Why do you have a problem with the law then? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, it's it's similar to what, what the argument was over critical race theory, right? We're not teaching critical race theory, but if you ban it, you hate black people. Well, wait a minute. If you're not teaching it, then what does it matter? You know, if I'm if I'm going to go out there and say I want to pass a law that bans teaching about the history of purple unicorns growing daisies, mm-hmm. no one would have a problem with that because that's literally not something anybody teaches. That's something I just made up here. Exactly. So why would you be so against the law about it? And it seems to be that's the same thing going on here, which is like, well, where's all the examples of kids being taught this stuff before kindergarten? Well, I need to know the age. That's what I'm after. You won't answer the question. But you're putting up such a fight for something you don't seem that it's important. It, well, it is important to parents. Yeah. It, in the case of Jen Saki, I don't think there's anything more nefarious than she knows this is 
the right thing to do, what Florida has done, but she knows she can't say that. I would agree with that. So it's just defensiveness. And that's true for a lot of people who are against. They know that they know that Republicans in Florida were over the target with this. They know that it really won't affect anybody. But they also feel like their voters need to be galvanized around something because, well, everything else has been a failure. So we're going to talk about don't say gay and all that nonsense. Even though most people are kind of on board with what Florida did. I was just going to say that, but whatever the messaging is there, despite starting the Academy Awards with the three people, you know, proclaiming gay, 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 mm-hmm. the people are seeing through this nonsense, and majority of the people that are surveyed with children are like, no, with the, he's right, DeSantis is right. Okay, real quick but, question. But they it's, get drowned out. It's going to sound tinfoil hatty, and I know it going in. I want to ask it anyway. Do you think this is just a political party that's been basically taken over by the far left. Oh, sure. So any any demand that they make, they're going to go after. Or is it something bigger than that? Because you're looking at a lot of corporations playing this woke game uh, to a degree that a lot of people didn't think they would. Is there something bigger going on than just a political party that's lost itself? Well, I think it's something bigger, but I, I don't think it's necessarily in the form of one grand conspiracy I think you have a whole lot of different interests who are seeing either dollar signs or power or control and all kind of not, again, there's not like one big meeting room where they're all like, okay, how are we going to teach the kids about trans issues today? You know, but it's just one, it's one of many different right, things. There are a whole lot of things. And I, and you it's know, like the, the social grade card, right? Basically. And so that's part of it. I and mean, it's companies right. around the world because everything's so global. What this administration is going to find out is there is no limitations on woke. You can never be woke enough. I mean, the minute you push back is the minute you lose the support. Sure. I sure. mean, this 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 is this is insane. How the narrative though became this "don't say gay" bill. I agree. How did that even? I mean, how did that even hit the radar? Because you can change the wording. Of I it. mean, it's it's really remarkable. One other thing on the left real quick. This is about guns, okay? This can drive you crazy because, again, you have such a hard time having just an intelligent conversation about the issue. And there are times where you'll see seemingly really intelligent people say really dumb things. And Steve Kerr's done it again, coach of the Warriors. Yeah, he's talking about woke. I had to send this to David today because I figured, all right, David's going to want to see this. And so you listen to it. And this is after the Sacramento shooting the other night where, yeah. you know, there's multiple guns. People are shot. Six people die. Um, apparently there's a fight. And this, I don't think, is going to get the national conversation about guns that we thought maybe it would initially. No. No, because the two suspects and, and well, two people have been arrested now. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I mean, they were illegally in possession of firearms really yeah but we're going to go back to this talking point of common sense common sense Uh gun laws right common sense background checks okay so golden state warriors are going to play sacramento steve kerr has asked about it among other things here's steve a former hero of yours scott robin i know here we go you know you think about all of the common sense laws we could 
and should put in place um, if we had any guts, if our uh, government had any guts, if people put others in front of their own career paths, you know, in front of their own re-election campaigns, in front of their own propaganda to uh, manipulate people. David. Uh, it's funny because he's actually talking about himself there. You talk about propaganda and whatnot. Because he, I mean, this is the thing. Would it kill liberals to, like, I don't know, at least go through the process of buying a gun? Before just to know. see what that's like before you start opining, like, yeah, you just walk into a gun shop in Texas and they hand you a Glock. Of course not. You're right, but um, they don't know the process. You're absolutely right about that. Um, we would actually think about our fellow citizens and do something about it instead of play politics because that's all we do we don't have uh, we ha we have more regulations for driving a car than we do for carrying a weapon um, that's one of your favorites david mm -hmm. well it's, what <laughs> there, there's more regulations for driving a car than carrying a weapon mm -hmm. is he high <laughs> i mean seriously if you're talking about like just number of words in any sort of uh, in any sort of collection of laws i guess there probably would be more words associated with vehicles because more people drive cars than own and certainly than carry guns every single day but at the same time the punishments and the regulations around firearms are extremely strict i mean like i i live in texas if you, which is a very second amendment friendly state mm -hmm. right and in fact they have constitutional carry uh, which, by the way, does not mean you can just walk anywhere you want carrying a firearm if you haven't gotten your uh, license to carry. It's the Wild West! No, it's really not, because if you go to a bunch of, like, grocery stores, if you go to uh, liquor stores, corner stores, whatever, a lot of them have this little sign that says, unlicensed possession of a firearm is a felony and is punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Okay. I can park my car just about anywhere in any parking lot without any further regulation. Without yeah. going through the process of getting licensed, I could not carry a firearm into many businesses. The other part of the Steve Kerr thing, this answer goes on for like four minutes. Oh, yeah. He just goes on and on and on, right? Yet, Cat <laughs> got his tongue when he was asked about China. And Hong Kong. Right. And that whole controversy, well, I just don't know enough. And you're talking about people protecting their own interests. Really, Steve, mm -hmm. you're smarter than that. It's it's really disappointing with people that actually have a platform like that that could speak truth. Well, and what, he's just too lazy to look into the issue? You're, Give me a break. You're also Is he putting his own finances ahead of other people's yeah. well-being? Is that what you're saying? Well, the NBA's not going to talk about China and the Uyghur Muslims. We can't talk about that because, well, we get billions of dollars from China here in the NBA. Well, Give me a break. It's it's rich, too. A guy living in California where this tragedy happened complaining about how gun laws aren't strict enough. I know. It's crazy to me. And I, I used to like Steve Kerr. Okay. Me too. Yeah, I respect him as a basketball guy, but whatever. Speaking of basketball... Um, apparently there were a lot more people in attendance for the men's game than the women's game. You saw this, Scott. What's the story? Yeah, well, uh, in terms of attendance, it wasn't even close. I mean, you had 73,000 people there Yeah. for the men's game, and the women's game had about 12,000. Here's the difference, though. Before you start screaming about the difference in the size of the venues, the men's game sold out. 
Couldn't get a ticket. It was like 60-some thousand. Well, see, that's not fair. Target Center doesn't hold that many. Women's Championship game, plenty of tickets available. Oh. Not a sellout. Mm. Not a sellout. Um, and they're worried about the television package, of course, uh, between CBS and Turner and other places. Uh, but here's the thing. The argument being made is this. And, gosh, I hate even saying it. Okay. But because the NBA and the NBA and the ACC has run this down our throats, right, that we must, you must watch both. Oh, the men and the women. Yeah, you got to do it both, right? We've been lectured about this and told about this till the end of time. Yeah, because this percentage of athletes are women, well, but they, they, they only they, get this amount of TV coverage. Time. Yeah. Yeah. You can't force people to watch something they don't want to watch. Well, you don't want to watch it because you're sexist. You can't. I have my granddaughter is a, is a athlete. Um, my sister was a college athlete. Um, I've had female ath- athletics in my family for a long time and have supported them. This has got nothing to do with that. It's the idea too. Remember the the whole soccer should be on TV every night. We should watch. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> No one cares. I have to get that excited about it. I know, yeah, but I, I mean, know. it's it's you got you can't make people care about something they want to care about. So again, I mean, the ratings were I mean, exploded for the NCAA tournament, which you knew four times exactly. the size of of the of the women's tournament. Like, yeah. and, and it's got nothing against women or athletics, but it's like, man, I know. What, I know. Are, we, what are we talking about here, right? Well, sometimes you can like a woman's sport, like. Women's college softball. We talked about it before. Yeah, I, I, loved, it really I love it. You know, different sports I'll watch. I, the, the basketball does nothing for me. It does, does nothing that make for you me. sexist? Right. No. Uh, you, you just haven't seen the latest recruit, Zion Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other issue, isn't it? Yeah. How hilarious. Gosh dang, man. Okay. There's a lot to get to. Um... There was a corpse of a dead rapper that was propped up while oh, people partied. Dude. Dude, what this is, is this crazy. story? Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll get to that much more coming up right here. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It was so like, you know. AOC, she's in the news. Yeah, she is. Well, workers, When is she out of it? Yeah, well, she likes to insert herself oh, into gosh, headlines yeah. as much as possible. Uh, workers at an Amazon warehouse in New York have voted to form a union, and Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tried to swoop in and take credit for it. The Whoa. workers are calling her out, though. They say, hey, you didn't do anything to help us. You you came in for a photo off and then left. We could never get in touch with you. Now that they've gotten this win, though, she's like, see, I'm fighting for the people. <laughs> One of the organizers was asked about this by Status Coup News. Wow, this is hilarious. Remember she fought that whole thing from the get-go against all those jobs and everything else? Mm-hmm. Fought against it. Now they've unionized. Oh, it's my... It's... And any message for uh, KOC specifically? Hell no. Man, I'm not giving her no... She don't, she don't deserve this moment. Yeah. Once again, I ain't giving this moment to her either. You know, this is about the workers. And, you know, Jeff Bezos, politicians, everybody else. 
forget about it. I know who was there from day one. I know who supported us from day one. And I know what we're capable of doing. Good for them. Mm-hmm. I love that reaction. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Do we have time to get into the dead rapper story? Oh, yeah. There, there's a 24-year-old rapper named Gunu. And sadly, he was shot and killed in a robbery last month in the D.C. area. Well, someone wanted to honor him, so they rented out a nightclub in D.C. Throw a, they threw a funeral for him, and his corpse was propped up on the stage. Yeah. Oh, weird. Eyes open, crown on his head, standing up. Oh, my God. And people God. are like, la-la, dancing and drinking. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. There's a dead guy. Holy smokes. That is crazy. That's uh, when the tears came. No, buddy. <laughs> this is the Markley Fan Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to. Inflation, big story. That's what a lot of people are talking about because it's hitting you directly. You see it every time you go and fill up your tank. Or to the grocery store. Well, sometimes you're not filling up your tank, depending on your situation. I haven't filled mine up in three weeks. Why is that? Because I'm doing like $25 at a time because I don't want to feel the entire amount of pain at once. Oh, yeah. I'd rather stretch it out. It's like making payments right now. I understand. Yeah. Can I do layaway for gas? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Damn. But, David, you had this list of things that consumers are cutting back? Yeah, there was a uh, poll put out by CNBC that talks about and, and, you know what people are slowing down spending money on because everything is so dang expensive right now. Uh, the top answer was cutting back on dining out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're doing a household budget, that's one thing that you're always told you should cut back on. Yeah. Uh, cut back on driving. 42% said that. 40% said cancel a trip or a vacation. Also, canceling a monthly subscription, switching to a generic product, delaying buying a car, delaying buying a home. And then the, the saddest one, man, are, are the last two. Okay. 16 and 12% respectively. Borrow money or take on credit card debt to cover expenses mm. or sk- skip paying my bills. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's the old, like, what am I on, my second notice? Okay, I can wait until my third notice here. I'm going to pay the third notice now. That's, That's really the bad. reality. Yes, I mean, it's a lot of times people just don't talk about it, but it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see how much the media actually picks that up and if they'll try to say, you know, it's Putin's price hike. See how that goes over. People are not buying that. No, they're not buying it, and they shouldn't, because people aren't that dumb. Okay, switching gears. You know, when you think most of the country is past COVID in a lot of different ways, then you're reminded, well, not so fast. Like New York City. Little kids? Preschool? Mask them up? This is insanity. After everything we know, they're still doing this. Yeah. 
and now there was a New York City employee fired, David? Yeah, for questioning the mayor over masking children. Here's the setup. Yesterday, uh, Mayor Eric Adams did a press conference to announce the city was paying for billboards in Florida to try to convince gay people there to move to New York. That seems like a great investment on the part of, <laughs> on the part of New York City, right? All right. Uh, well, Daniela Jampel showed up and started asking about the mask mandate for toddlers. Now, that was supposed to end yesterday. But and the now, mayor had talked about it, right? Yeah. Saying, I'm going to get that done. Yeah. And someone initially tried to shut her down. He kind of did some mansplaining, and then you'll hear the question and his response to this in this clip. Okay. Go ahead and finish, ma'am, okay? But you got to come to a conclusion. Can't do it. Okay, get, come to a conclusion and turn on your phone so you can get my answer correctly. But come to a conclusion. Okay, how are you back there? March 17th, that mm-hmm. you would, trust me, I will unmask your toddlers. When will you, and when will you unmask our toddlers? Thank you. Uh, as I stated, as you indicated, I made the announcement that we were looking to announce today, which is Monday, to uh, take the mask off to two to four years old. But I also stated, if we see an uptick, we will come back and make the announcement of what we're going to do. We're going to pivot and shift as COVID is pivoting and shifting. There's a new variant. The numbers are increasing. We're going to move at the right pace, and that's the role I must do. He said everything you needed to know right there. Mm-hmm. We'll decide. And it will That's never end. That's not following the science. Yeah. It will never end, is what he's saying. No. Well, you know, but this is a guy who's promoting Floridians to come to New York where you can say whatever you want. Gay, 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 gay is in the back of it, right? Right. Except if you disagree with me. <laughs> About masking two to four year olds, then you're going to get fired. Yeah, she was an assistant corporation counsel for the city of New York. Yeah, and she learned she was fired less than an hour later. Right after that exchange, right there. Come to the city where you can say whatever you want, unless, of course, we disagree with you. Then we'll fire you. Well, and that whole promotion's based on a lie. Of course it is. So of course there would be more lies, and then if you question it, you're punished. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It really is. See, those little things, man, they make you so angry. Yes. You do feel it across the country. Yes. People are getting very angry at stuff like this. And then different things are brought up. And it, it seems to me that, you know, that whole data dump from Pfizer that has to come out by the end of the year, they wanted to they wanted to prolong this thing for decades about what they knew about the vaccine before it was released. And so, you know, it's like, what, 140,000 pages worth of stuff? So it's like a big dump at a time. Mm -hmm. There was just another one dumped on Friday, which, you know, it's hard to go through all that stuff, but you read the reports. Again, it's from Pfizer. Well, not a big surprise. You would find out that, well, natural immunity is really a thing, okay? And if you had natural immunity, you were pretty much good to go. But they didn't want to talk about that too much. I'm paraphrasing it, but that is what's in there. Dude, they didn't even make allocations for it. You you had to be vaccinated. You had to show yes. proof of ID. But I've had the disease, so I nope, nope, no. Absolute nonsense. It, and so yes. when you were just trying to make sense of it, like, okay, this seems like a follow-the-money thing. With Big Pharma, that's what it seems like. Well, you'd be shut down for even questioning that. But it's right in Pfizer's data. And I don't know if you've seen this uncovered. It was Fauci in 2004 talking about a flu shot. 
Now, would you say this is a smoking gun about natural immunity with COVID? Eh, Maybe, maybe not. But it's the same thought. Natural immunity is going to protect you more than a vaccine. So, again, Fauci being questioned in 2004 about someone that had the flu. Roll it. Uh, But she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And if she she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. If she really has the flu, she should not get it again. She doesn't need it because it's the it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Just interesting, isn't it? Man. Good Lord. It's crazy. And remember when the vaccine was released, if you talked about adverse effects. Better watch your step. You could get called out for that. Mm-hmm. Get booted off of Facebook or whatever. Some of it was reported, but yeah, among younger people. You know those three people that do that morning thing on the hill? Yeah. I think it's like a podcast. They were all talking about it. And holy smokes, man. Well, Vanity Fair did a whole piece on COVID. Vanity Fair? Yes, and its origins in China and the cover-up. It's crazy that Vanity Fair is doing all this crazy in-depth reporting on this but they're saying yeah you there is a lot that needs to come out about the origins about the vaccine it is a big freaking mess and you know the left is trying to cover this up and just move on especially fauci but in that report fauci and francis collins the former director of nih i mean they look awful because it's easy to see they tried to cover it up but when you look at that pfizer data Going back to that, your chances of death as a teen or a young adult, you had a 99.994% survivability rate, but then they have mandates for schools and colleges. How does that ever make any sense? You can't make it make sense. Well, the only argument they make is, well, they get it and then they take it home and mom and dad give it to grandpa or whatever and, you know. But, again, there were adverse effects for people. Well, I know that, yeah. I'm not making a case. I'm just saying that's that's the twisting of the argument. Crazy, crazy. Moving on to other things. Okay. Um, Well, we could see Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson part of the Supreme Court very soon. No doubt. I mean, you've got enough Republican senators that say, yeah, we'll vote for. you got the usual suspects. Freaking Mitt. Mitt Romney. Who voted against her a year ago, by the way. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. I mean, everybody loves to point out that Lindsey Graham supported her in a lower court, but is saying, I'm not going to vote for her for the Supreme Court. And you can have whatever conversation you want about that, but it seems to me going the opposite direction is even more questionable. Yeah. Like, if you said, no, I don't think she's good for a lower court, why in the world would you suddenly say, I think she's good for the highest court? Because it's political. He thinks it's advantageous somehow, some way. I don't get it. But this was rich, I thought, thinking about, well, what we've had other Supreme Court judges go through in the process over the last four years. That Dick Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, was making the case this was awful what happened to Donji Brown Jackson. 
saying, you know, there were Republicans that played this the right way, and then there were others that just went over the line. Instead, they repeatedly interrupt and badgered Judge Jackson and accused her of vile things in front of her parents, her husband, and her children. There was table pounding, some literal, from a few of my colleagues. What? We cannot have table pounding! Oops, sorry. You pounded a table. What is that? Is that violence now? Is that what that is? And Fine. is it a different rule? Because I yeah. can tell you this, if I'm ever nominated to be on the Supreme Court, <clears throat> I want to make sure to bring uh, my dad and my wife and my kids there. Because apparently then you can't be asked tough questions. Is that what we're learning from Dick? Well, let me ask you a question, Dick. Let me ask you this, all right? Do you think Brett Kavanaugh's family was impacted at all <laughs> by the moronic things <laughs> you said during examination of him as a Supreme Court justice? You dope. <laughs> You hypocritical jackwagon. See, I... These guys have no credibility. He's he's an <laughs> idiot. He, he's been taking up space for a decades now. All right, I'm gonna... They pretend like Kavanaugh never happened, like it just never happened. This or... is just a conversation between David and I for a second. Yeah. I think we made the wrong call on bringing up the Dick Durbin thing with Scott. It's heart <laughs> I... health. I love wondering about it. Yeah, I know. Should we get to the rest of the clip, or was that enough, you think? They repeated discredited claims about Judge Jackson's record. Okay, yeah. And you're upset about it. Maybe we'll just piece that out and get to more of that later. We don't want to get it, you know, all at one time with the adrenaline, Scott. Shove it, Dick. (laughs) That sounded worse than it was. Credulous outrage. Shut up. Uh, Oh, boy. Stacey Abrams is a multimillionaire now? How did that happen? That and much more coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Remember, don't question the outcome of an election. It undermines democracy. Got it? Okay. Stacey Abrams in the news. Yeah. Now a multimillionaire? Are you yeah. kidding me? Hell of a deal, isn't it? You know, you, you become a uh, election conspiracy theorist, and if you're on the left, you you, you rake in the cash. Abrams is now worth about $3.17 million dollars. Uh, and that's compared to a net worth of $109,000 when she ran 40 years ago for governor of Georgia. How? Speaking fees. A lot of, a lot of liberal dorks like going and seeing what she has to say or taking pictures with her or whatever. It's not from book sales. I'm sure that's a big part of it, too, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure she wrote some political book, but she also used to write the steamy romance novels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She she gave uh, 37 paid speeches in 2021 alone, including a 12-stop fall tour of standalone appearances. Okay. She's written, co-written, or reissued six books since 2019 with another reissue on the way later this year. Unreal. Okay, you don't have anything to say about that, Robbins? No, not right now. Wow, that's shocking. I'll let you guys do it. Usually, okay, you're just taking a taking a break from the last segment, losing your crap. On I kind of here's the deal. Okay, here's the deal. 
I can't overreact to everything. All right. My doctor has texted me many times. <laughs> <laughs> Said you need to slow your roll a little bit, buddy. Well, it, Stacey Abrams will still claim victimhood, even though she's a multimillionaire now. That's the amazing Absolutely. thing well, about that, it. Yeah. So many victims that are multimillionaires in our country. Well, yeah. Could I mean, happen anywhere else, but the United States is friggin' evil. I, I mean, How much I, do you think she gets per appearance? I mean, just what um, do you think? I mean, if you're going to book her for your your banquet or whatever, depends on what the event is. But I mean, it's it's got to be over ten grand. I think she's getting like fifty k to show up. Could be. Golly. Well, who who would be a bigger draw? Her, like the ex Kendi dude. Oh man, probably is, just death, her. is death an option? Okay. I'm not saying, hey, road trip. Okay. Let's all go. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, who gets more money? Um, update on China. Uh, they're separating kids uh, from their parents yeah. if the kids have COVID. Yeah, man, this is crazy. Uh, now they're still going with a COVID zero approach in China. 26 million people in Shanghai are locked down right now. Initially, the plan was to lock down half the population for five days, then do the other half for another five days. That lockdown has now been extended for everyone indefinitely, and the military has been brought in to enforce it. And, yeah, the government's separating families. In one case, a now viral video shows a quarantine center where children are being held. Uh, the mother of one of the children recognized him, and that's the first time that she'd seen him in days. She'd had no contact since they were separated, all because of COVID. So I, wow. So I really think that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should go to Shanghai and cry in front of one of these, you know, quarantine centers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they, they actually have kids in cages, and they weren't breaking any laws. They're nice cages, though. China. Yeah, it is China. Yeah. COVID zero. You know, Coke, they usually bend the knee to China. Maybe they could do a promotion. That's so weird you just said Coke that. Coke zero, COVID you zero. read my cartoon balloon over my head because I thought the same thing. What is COVID zero? Well, in order to get COVID zero, as the kids are in cages, we'll at least let them sip on some Coke zero. How's that? It's good on the throat, right? Yeah, You have some of that carbonation. It can really yeah. help. Yes. You don't want obesity. It takes the sugar out. That's, That's true. why it's zero. Yeah. So you're always thinking. <laughs> and Coca-Cola probably has a bottling facility somewhere in Xinjiang. I'm not sure on that, yes. but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's probably true. My goodness. Separating kids from their parents. Yes. Ripping them from the arms. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Um, something else real quick. Um, Oreo cookies are getting a little more woke as time goes on. Um, they they premiered a short film showing how difficult it can be to come out as gay and how everyone needs allies backing them up. The cookie then, company did this? Wow. Yes. Um. So then as they're doing the little film, then there's Oreos there. Because I guess Oreos brings people together. What is going on with all these companies? Like, we've got to jump on board somehow, some way, or what? We're going to get called out? Is that out of fear? Wow. Just a little goofy. Okay. A former Obama administration official says, we got to clean up the border fast. Next.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Boomer. Oh, sorry, the sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, you know it's real when a former Obama administration official said, "Ah, uh, the border. We got to get serious here. We got we got problems." Yeah, we're we're already seeing a historic crisis. And former Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson pointed out uh, last week, I think it was. That, hey, you remember a few years ago when we were in office and, uh, you know, we kind of had a bit of a a border crisis ourselves? Well, the numbers that we're seeing right now are, what, four times that or three times that, something like that? Yes, sir. Uh, So this is a full-blown crisis, and yet the Biden administration is moving forward with lifting Title 42, the health order that uh, makes it easier to expel illegal immigrants in the name of preventing COVID, right? It's something that has kind of sort of worked. Uh, even though the Biden administration hasn't wanted to find something that works at the border, right? No. They're not interested in that. So they want open borders. So they're they're moving forward with this, and already you're going to start seeing caravans coming together in Central America, coming up through Mexico, because that word gets down there very quickly. That hey, yes. by the way, you're going to be able to come in, and a lot of times we know this human traffickers will take advantage of this and use a kernel of truth to try to sell it to a whole lot of vulnerable people. This means you can come in. It's it's like with DACA. They said this means that if you are a minor, you show up, you're a citizen. That's what that's what human traffickers were telling people. That wasn't true, but that's the message that people were getting. So it's going to get worse. Uh, and Jay Johnson is out there in a very low-key way trying to tell his fellow Democrats, hey, this is not going to be sustainable it already isn't sustainable and it's going to be worse when you do this if you go to laredo texas for example henry cuellar's district 85 percent mexican-american overwhelmingly democratic they want a secure border i know i've been there i've heard this seven thousand a day is not sustainable in multiple respects it overwhelms the communities in texas arizona uh, that have to absorb this population. It overwhelms Catholic charities. It overwhelms the Border Patrol. Yes, we know all of it. They won't do anything different. It's by design. I mean, I hesitate to say no one could be that bad at their job. Mm. It's because they won't let people do their jobs. They don't want to enforce it. That's what we've seen over time. What's so frustrating? I haven't heard this in a while. I was thinking about this earlier, and I looked it up. I just didn't have a chance to hear the whole thing again. It was Biden in 2006 about illegal immigration. I think it's worth revisiting. If nothing else, let's hear how he talked about back in 2006. Because this can has been kicked down the road, as we've pointed out many times, for years, decades. The Democratic position also recognized you got 11 million alien, uh, illegal aliens here. They have to have a way to earn their way into the deal. This is an amnesty. They're required to take 11 years' worth. They pay a fine. they got to learn to speak English. they got to pass um, like tests. Yeah. I like part. Yeah. Well, by the way. We, if we want the problems of Canada right now, to keep encouraging people to keep their foreign language. Oh, that sounds like Chris Matthews. Uh, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is interesting, isn't it? Well, English is going to unite this country potentially. It always has in the past. I can't think of a country that has two languages as their accepted languages that is doing all that well, including Switzerland and or right. uh, Canada. 
Wow, those freakishly far-right knuckleheads, what? It's hateful. My goodness. I mean, everything, if you go line by line, everything that Joe Biden said right there by 2022 standards makes him a white nationalist. Absolutely. According to the left right now. Yes. Yes. Starting with illegal alien. You can't call illegal aliens. Humans are not illegal. Humans are not aliens. It's ridiculous. So anybody that you try to make the point to, the left just keeps moving further left. We have to stand on principles. Just play that audio. Well, they've been enlightened, see. (laughs) Joe Biden and his ilk and Hillary Clinton and the rest. Give me a freaking break. That is an absolute joke. My goodness, man. Okay. Other stuff out there. Oh, dude, did you see the story about Martha Stewart's dogs? They killed her cat. What? Uh-oh. They killed her cat. Mount St. Robbins is about to erupt. I saw the NBC News headline on that, and it said mistakenly killed the cat. Like, was it mistakenly, though? Is there, like, another cat that was breaking into the house on a regular basis? I mean, it kind of just sounds like the the dogs went predator and killed the cat. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Mistakenly, what, we thought it was a chew toy, but it was a cat that was screaming for its life? Oh, gosh. What? Oh, jeez. I hate those kind of stories. I just do. I'm sorry. I hate them. Well, I mean, if you have multiple pets, it can happen, right? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I know you're both pet people. We're all pet people. Yeah. It's just if you go on the totem pole of crazy, I'm at the bottom, just a regular pet owner. And then as we go further up, Robin's may be at the top. He's getting near a little, you know, pet nutty. I have two cats. That's it. Yeah, I I understand. But I'm just saying, you know, like the love of animals and knitting sweaters for them and stuff like that. I mean, there's different levels to the crazy. I advocate for them because there's so many animals that deserve my attention. Okay. Yes. Well, she posted a photo of a grave being dug and said, bearing the beautiful and unusual Princess Peony, the four dogs mistook her for an interloper. That's what she said. And killed her defenseless little self. I will miss her very badly. R.I.P. Beauty. Do you have to put that out there on social media? I'm just asking the question. No. I'm here to shame. Everybody grieves different. Because it's brought attention to the story. Obviously, you saw the headline, David. Yeah, I don't know, man. I... Just kind of sounds like maybe somebody should have been watching those dogs or somebody should have been making sure that everything was cool between the dogs and the cat. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. You know. Sorry, Scott, that I brought it up. Well, no, no, I just, poor cat. I just. Yes. Oh, I mean, and this was another story I I wish I wouldn't have even seen. The dogs that were found at the Ukrainian shelter. I mean, it's one thing after another. It's just awful, everything that's going on. But it is this weird thing because you see what's happened to humans, obviously, in mm-hmm. Ukraine. But there is something about seeing, you know, the 300 dead dogs in this shelter that sends people over a different edge, I guess. Oh, yeah. It, it just sort of happens that way. It's weird, but I understand it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people were predicting including, I think, on this show, that maybe the final thing about Fauci would be learning what he funded, the research that he funded on beagles. Yes. Of course, that never really went anywhere. No. 
it was like that story just got buried. Oh, yeah, we're not going to pay attention to that. Right. You know, who cares? Yeah, forget about that. Okay. Um, a little bit later on, I, I'm sorry to bring up the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing again. Okay, but well, it's still out there. I mean, it's well, there's takes a, are still floating around. Yes, and there's a different angle to it, to be honest. And you know, you know, obviously we're three white guys, right? Maybe we need some education on uh, what our reaction should be, or if she, if we should have one at all. What? Maybe we shouldn't have any sort of reaction. Oh. Maybe we should just sit and learn and just not comment on it. What does skin color have to do with any of it? Yeah, behaving like an idiot. Well, I'm trying to learn from MSNBC, see? Okay. Okay, and Tiffany Cross, because Joy Reid's on during the week, right? Yeah. So you got to have at least one race baiter on the weekend. That would be Tiffany Cross. Yeah, she's in the minor leagues, but, man, she's she's got a really great average right now. Well, this this is a great one because she wants to do a a service, I think, to white folks. And let them know where they should be in this conversation about the slap from Will Smith to Chris Rock. Talking about, I'll try to put this in context for um, you know our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. And really, truly, uh, Black America, there is a commonality amongst us all. And if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father, and everybody at that table has an opinion. You know, the sister is like, "Mom, you always do this," and the brother is like, "I can't believe you guys are doing this," and Dad is like, "You're terrible." If I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say, "Yeah, you guys are terrible," everybody. I'm sorry. When did you get an opinion? This is our family table. What? What the hell kind of an analogy is that? Well, I don't even know if you should question, Scott. It's just a learning time for us. I don't understand that. (laughs) Well, it's nonsensical. I wish, you know what, man? I, (laughs) I really wish I would have thought about something like that during the Rittenhouse trial. Right, sorry, but this was a dispute between four white people. Black people need to be quiet and just listen. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, applying yeah, the same that logic. On Twitter, dude. Yeah. Tweet that one out. It would have been hilarious. Yeah, you see, listen, the Academy Awards. Um, when it is a rich black comedian making fun of a rich black power couple. That's like their dinner table, okay? You're not invited. I guess you can watch, but no comments, okay? Stay in your lane. It was national TV. It was in front of millions of people. And what do you think? Nobody's going to have an opinion? Well, I really don't have an opinion because, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's the one thing we've talked about. Everyone wants to know. So what would your take on that? What do you think? What do you think? Right, exactly. Whitey needs to shut up. Sit down and learn. That's what this moment felt like for many of us. And there's a nuance to what happened um, that we should get into. Michael, I personally believe this was a moment that we saw uh, Will Smith behave like a bully. Okay. Well, So what's the nuance? Maybe more of a nuance is that dude's wife sleeps with other dudes. And that's part of the conversation. I don't know if it was really skin color. Uh, I know a lot of people have strong opinions about this. I thought the slap itself was completely uncalled for. Mm -hmm. And I want to be really clear while we're talking about family talk. I think it is utterly ridiculous to center this conversation in the opinions of white folks. Um, This is. I can't have an opinion. I'm not quite sure. What What does that mean? What she's saying, like there was this sort of groundswell in the United States 
hey, we need to know how do white people react yeah. to this. <laughs> it never happened. Yeah, no. no, nobody actually. Well, actually, that's why there was a little bit of a pause that you heard from Chris Rock, because he actually had an earpiece in, mm-hmm. and he was waiting until a white person could tell him how to feel about it. <laughs> Got it. That's why he wasn't in a state of shock. He was just okay. waiting for white people to weigh in on it. Got it. Okay. Um, this is just about what happened there. The jumping off point should not be, oh, but what might the white people think about it? It's just this moment between those two men. I thought it was uncalled for. So I'm curious your thoughts, Michael. All right. Is she trying to say that somewhere in the black community that people said, well, what are white folks going to think about it? I highly freaking doubt that, Tiffany. But I don't know what else to take from that. Not be, oh, but what might the white people think about it? It's... <laughs> Well, I'm white. I've al- I'm allowed to have an opinion when some guy gets slapped on stage at the Academy Awards for what appeared to be no apparent reason other than he had his feelings hurt by a really awful joke. Yeah. Sorry, we get to have opinions. I, I get to have an opinion, and you know what? I get to voice my opinion yes. today. Yes. And if the opinion is whatever happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock, you can say. Right. Okay. I, I can. The yes. same way we could say, if you didn't have the race card, would you have a job? I think that's We could say fair. that. Yeah. Because I'm trying to see the other skill set. I just. That, what that, else does she go to? Long it's way to the go same to get thing there, too. Over yeah. and over and over. My gosh. Is that it? Well, your life is dependent upon it. Jeez. My goodness. Okay. We got through with the Martha Stewart. The cat. All right, something else. Um, the White House Chief of Staff tried to get under the table cash from Hunter Biden. Had you heard about that? Mm-mm. Well, we'll tell you the story. I'm going to check and see if you're white. Can you have an opinion on that one? Okay. We'll let you know in Thanks. just a few. Thank you. Show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another Robbins heart alert. It's okay. Barack Obama was scheduled to be well, at I look the up White and House he's, today. He's at the dais speaking. Yes. I'm like, what's, what's wrong he, What are you doing there? What's wrong with that? Is something this healthcare thing again? The Obamacare Part Two or whatever? Well, they're they're celebrating the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Incredible, right? Yeah, it's kind of interesting, too, to That's, see, because initially it was supposed to be outside, mm-hmm. uh, but for some reason it's indoors now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people not wearing masks in a very cramped indoor setting. Hmm. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I was told that you'd be killing people if you That's did right. that. Yeah. Come on, man. Anyway. I think they got a lanyard around Joe that says president just in case he's standing there and forgets that. Thinks Big O's back or something. <laughs> I don't know. David, what was the story we had just mentioned about the chief of staff? Tried to get under the table cash from Hunter oh, yeah. Biden? 
Yeah, this is just kind of embarrassing. Uh, Chief of Staff Ron Klain is now part of the Hunter Biden saga. Hunter Biden, of course, made a whole lot of money with corrupt government officials abroad trading on the family name, as we know. Now, Ron Klain apparently needed some cash and fast under the table for a nonprofit organization about 10 years ago. This is when, uh, obviously, Joe Biden was in the White House as the vice president. It was an election year back in 2012. He needed to raise $20,000 for the Vice President's Residence Foundation. It's a nonprofit that's used to keep the VP's official residence looking nice and spiffy. So Klain emailed Hunter Biden saying, hey, keep this low, low key to prevent bad PR, but I need to tackle a piece of unpleasant business. The unpleasant business was that the foundation was in tax trouble. They needed to raise more money to be considered a public charity. So he's there begging the crackhead screw-up son of the vice president at the time, now the president, for $20,000. He says, we need to raise $20,000, and we need to raise $20,000 fast on a very confidential basis. Uh, If you can write at least $2,000, we'll get like 10 of our friends to do it and cover this. Holy smokes. Wow, man. That is the height of irresponsibility. It is shameful. Well, yes. There's a lot of that with Hunter, you know? He is a jackass. Well, I think Obama always thought that, to be honest. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, let's just start here. The CDC wants to revamp its image. Yeah, again, I guess, because I thought the director, Rochelle Walensky, was getting media training because she's an emotional wreck. You know, it's, it's you know, one minute it's uh, doom and gloom. The next minute it's everything's fine. The next minute it's, but I'm really scared and we need to make sure the schools are closed until we can safely reopen and all this stuff. I mean, it's it's every day it's a different journey with this woman. It really is. But they're in a situation right now where a lot of people don't trust the CDC, namely because it's been very clear they've been following special interests, not the science, especially, with, regard, especially with regards to schools. Listen, so, when, when you have multiple reports on it from left-wing outlets, you can't say a right-wing conspiracy. No, it's all coming out a little late, but it's all coming out. Yeah. So in an agency-wide email, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, says she has hired a senior federal health official outside of the CDC to do a one-month review to kick off an evaluation of CDC's structure, systems, and processes. (laughs) She wrote, over the past year, I have heard from many of you that you would like to see CDC build on its rich history and modernize for the world around us. I am grateful for your efforts to lean into the hard work of transforming CDC for the better. I look forward to our collective efforts to position CDC and the public health community for greatest success in the future. Step one, show trials. Thank you. What do they mean by modernizing? 
What does that mean? I guess that means updating some computer systems that may be a little outdated. Wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, but... Walensky going to show up with a nose ring on? <laughs> if you want to revamp it, start telling the truth. Start well, looking out yeah. for people. You have, But you've got to gut the whole thing. You've got to start you all over. You've got to blow it up and start you all would. over again. You can't have the same people. I, I want somebody to explain why they ignored the FDA when it came to recommending boosters for everybody. I want to know why they were basically apparently bullying the FDA into advising in favor of a fourth shot for people over 50. I want to know what it is that was driving leadership in key oversight areas of the federal government in terms of public health. What was it that was driving them out altogether? And, okay, the direct line of communication between the teachers' union and the CDC and how it actually controlled policy. You're not looking out for people. That's how you would revamp your image. You know, it's interesting because I guess we'll know in the end. When she first went in there, Walensky, it seemed like she was trying to be honest. Remember, everything had to get walked back? Oh, yeah. But in a pandemic, someone to lead. You want someone calm to reassure people, right? That's part of it. I will never forget, and it was all under a minute, where she went off script. I think she even says in this clip, I'm going off script. Think about this now. What we know exactly about COVID and the chance of dying if you're otherwise healthy and under the age, let's say, of 50. And this lady is the guiding light, okay? This is a year ago. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script, and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. Um, I know what it's She's fighting back, weeping. Um, I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded, and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. And she goes on to tell these anecdotal sort of stories about people dying. And, yes, people were well aware that that could happen. But, again, if you look at the percentages and look at the entire country, when you're talking about kids, young adults, young families, what is the real risk? I mean, you're putting someone scared to death as the leader to lead a country. That's insane. Why? Because... I don't know, did she check off another box? She, There's no way she could have been the best person for that job. I don't buy it for a second. Do you? Well, I don't know. I think a lot of these people were hired and brought into these positions, you know, maybe politically motivated somehow, but not ever thinking they'd be thrown into the middle of something like this. Dude. And they don't dude, know how to handle pressure. They know. can't. This was already going on. When she was brought in? Yes. Oh, I thought she was brought in at before. No, it was after no, Biden came in. She was brought in after the election. Okay, yeah. well, then you're right. Do you? There's no way, David, they couldn't have found someone to lead the country as far as leading the CDC at that time. No, and honestly, I don't see what the problem would be with keeping Robert Redfield. I don't think they could control him the way they wanted to, yeah. to control somebody. Well, they didn't have anybody on that particular group who was on the verge of a nervous breakdown, so you had to fill that void. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that's the best. That's the best way to keep people compliant, right? Well, if the CDC director is scared to death, right. then obviously I need to be scared to death. Jeepers! All right, 
Where did you want to go next, David? I know you got oh. a few different stories. Well, the Biden administration is expected to announce another extension to the pause on student loan payments this week. They're Wait a second. Gonna... They told us the the economy's doing great. Yeah. They, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the interesting thing right now, isn't it? They keep saying, well, wages are up right yes. now. And I know that some people are now suddenly skipping paying some bills and all that because of inflation. But uh, everything's really great, right? It's just a messaging problem why people think the economy's in the toilet right now. And apparently the one class of people that deserve to be protected from having to pay their bills are people who got degrees they couldn't afford. Right. Yes, degrees that would really pay you a whole lot of money, but would give you some sort of stature. And a bunch of graduate students. They're always talking about the poor kids that, that had to take out loans. No, you're talking about a lot of times wealthier kids Yeah, that went on to graduate school for whatever, you know, fill-in-the-blank degree where you can't find a job where you can make decent money. We're all supposed to fund that for them. Yeah. No. So th- this is just going to be one of those things that they're just going to keep extending it and extending it and extending it because they don't feel like they've got the political capital to outright forgive the loans. But this is why a lot of major servicers of the federally backed loans are dumping them right now and handing them off to somebody else because they're not going to see their money. They know they're not going to see their money anymore. So now it's like, well, we're just cutting bait and getting out of this game altogether. I mean, this is disastrous policy and honestly just should tick off anybody who either paid their bills or just doesn't want to pay for somebody to, what, get a master's degree in underwater lesbian basket weaving or whatever, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to go study whatever. I don't care, but don't expect other people to fund it. No. I I saw an interesting proposal that's kind of in line with, well, I mean, to me, my my opinion is, yeah, universities by and large scammed and continue to scam thousands of kids. Sure. And, yeah, I think that in some way we should work something out to where people get a little bit of their money back because they were scammed. They They were defrauded out of their money. And it should come out of the university's endowments. They've got tons of money sitting there. And, in fact, these endowments grew because of savvy investments during a pandemic where they weren't providing the full slate of services anyway and saving money there. So mm-hmm. we ought to be robbing the coffers of the of the universities in order to pay off loans. But anyway, the proposal was if your loan is forgiven, you have to hand back in your degree. Because after all, right, that piece of paper you decided was worth nothing. <laughs> Uh, if you're not good. willing to pay for it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would be a start if every time I hear some politician talk about student loan debt, we got we to help, we got to do something about it. Start talking about how universities rip people off. Okay? Start talking about that. Start with the messaging to kids coming out of high school. Hey, before you go thousands of dollars in debt, you should know something about student loan debt. And you should also have a part of your formula, how much you plan on making when you get out and how much your payments are going to be. You know, eyes wide open going in. So there are no more friggin' excuses for this. It's ridiculous. It's been going on for years. Now I feel like Robbins. Ah! Well, no, but I mean, you, you, you can't, I mean, 
It's hard enough when you have your own kid and you're helping them through college. I know. Let alone everybody you, else. Trust me. You know. Yes. I mean, they don't even cook you dinner or make your bed or anything. <laughs> I mean, damn. Uh, speaking of losing money, uh, sorry, man. Uh, yesterday, Robbins was rooting for Kansas. He had his Kansas hoodie on. Yeah, I was very happy about the win last night. Yes, but the thing was, like a lot of people, you picked Kansas to cover the four-point spread. I shouldn't have done that. That was bad. I should have gone straight up, but I didn't. And here you go, and the story is going around. Um, North Carolina betters get the cover on wild Kansas turnover with like four seconds in the game. Yeah. They're going to get fouled, make a free throw. You cover the four-point spread. That's why sometimes betting the spread can be so frustrating. Yeah, and he stepped out. I mean, what a goofball thing to do. <laughs> Give him another chance. He went out of bounds. No one's guarding you. He just went, yeah. I mean, seriously, no one was there. I'm watching the game in bed, and I try, <laughs> what are you doing? It was only five bucks. Just add it. Yeah, I know, but it was the whole thing, man. It was just yeah, like, you I got it. Do. Then they're going to have one more crazy shot to tie it and send it into overtime. I know. Yeah, and for me, I just needed North Carolina to cover. Gosh, I didn't dang. care about the outcome as much as you. Okay. Um, oh, did you hear Black Lives Matter bought a $6 million house with donations? How about that? We'll get to that. Coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Black Lives Matter. Not as much in the news, but every once in a while you'll see a story. They'll see some signs. Are you saying there's something happened here with the money that's not being accounted for? Uh, yeah. It, it, what? It <laughs> is a scam, and it always has been a scam. Black yep. Lives Matter, the organization. Uh, they bought a $6 million mansion in a L.A. neighborhood with donor cash in October 2020, you know, right around the time they were sponsoring riots around the country. Yes. Things had somewhat settled down, unless you're in Portland or a few other select cities. Uh, BLM Global Network Foundation used a guy with close business ties to the charity's co-founder, Patrice Cullors, to buy this mansion with the charity's cash resources. Now, the problem is... Uh, there might be some tax issues with that. The IRS is very, very interested in purchases, especially major multimillion-dollar purchases made with the coffers of a nonprofit. And cash. And cash. And after, uh, so what happened was this guy, uh, Diane Pascal, or Diane, I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name, uh, bought the mansion in cash, then he transferred the property's deed to an LLC, apparently named after the property's address, but it was owned by Black Lives Matter. That is the third known mansion. Now, internal BLM chat logs obtained by New York Magazine shows that, by the way, welcome to the party, New York Magazine. They show that <laughs> BLM board member uh, board members directed a private investigator to check out investigative journalists who were looking into the charity. Wow. It's, dude, it, yeah. it's, come on, man. It's, it's like activist mafia. Holy smokes, man. Well, it's a big mansion. I mean, right above the uh, the doors, 
when you walk in, it's got the name of the sponsor on them. One's Coke, one's Ford, one's Domino's. <laughs> got the Nike room. You know, you IBM. Think, you think about that. How many people got sucked into this scam? Oh gosh. Just because it was the thing to do at the time. Yeah, all these corporations thinking, well, it's going to pay off for us financially in the end. We don't really care about it, but if it sounds like, yes, we care about the people, yeah, and we'll give them a bunch of cash. Barrels. Barrels of cash. Yes, thank you, Mr. Trump. Well, I'm just thinking, too, we probably shouldn't even be talking about this. Why is that? Well, I'm just thinking... Tiffany Cross from MSNBC might say something like talking about I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. And really, truly um, yeah. saying this isn't for you to talk about. Well, OK, it's funny. That's what she said about the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation. White folks just stay out of it. OK, you really shouldn't have an opinion on this. Uh, the funniest part is that that was actually kind of the take from Black Lives <laughs> Matter. Uh, at the time, remember, th- so they did a one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. It's freaking creepy, man. It's very weird. Yeah. Uh, but Patrice Cullors, along with a couple of other leaders, they went ag- or they they railed against people who were criticizing the personal real estate transactions, uh, which they made again using donor money. Um, and one of the uh, leaders, Melina Abdullah said, hey, how dare you demand accountability for the management of BLM's millions? Who the bleep are you? You ain't done bleep, she said. I don't need to be accountable to you. I don't know what what accountability looks like with people that I don't know and have never talked to. The funniest little cherry on top is I went to go get that audio because it was on YouTube. It was public. Right. That video is no longer public. You don't that, say. They, they're they're kind of sweeping some things under the rug here because the tax man's coming for them. Oh, buddy. Maybe Elon Musk got to buy them, too. <laughs> they got to be one after another. Right, just keep buying them. Yeah, talking about Twitter, trying to overhaul there. Yeah, it's going to have to be one after another. Where's Merrick Garland in all this? Oh, I mean, he, Shouldn't they be he, investigating this? No, he took the advice. He figured I'm white. I guess. <laughs> Law and order, that's not for me to decide. You kidding me? Well, I brought this up. This was a different story. And at first, you're like, okay, I don't know if this is a big deal or not. Biden is hosting his granddaughter's wedding at the White House. His granddaughter, Naomi. Uh, she tweeted out uh, her fiance and her endlessly grateful to my Nana and Pop for the opportunity to celebrate our wedding at the White House. We can't wait to make our commitment to one another official for what lies ahead. That's Dr. Nana. Okay. Get it right. Yeah, because Jill Biden's a fake doctor. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's in November. And David brought up the point. Because I thought to myself, can you imagine if it was a Trump relative? That's the people's house! Not his (laughs) There was actually a meltdown when Omarosa took wedding photos there. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so that? sad. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Good point. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Oh. Man. Yeah, I know. It happened. I haven't heard the Trump man clip in a long time. That was funny. Out of nowhere. Man. Man. Yeah. Big deal. So I'm sure, as far as legacy media goes, Biden's granddaughter and all the pictures from the wedding at the White House will be this joyous occasion. No, they don't celebrate it. Legacy media, they oh they'll 
they'll be all over that, I would imagine. By yeah, as a celebration. Yes, as a celebration. The royal family has another wedding. Yeah. Um, remember, it wasn't that long ago people were saying, Joe Rogan needs to be canceled. Oh, yeah. I don't think Joe Rogan's really letting up on the hot takes. But we'll get to one. And some old audio with David Letterman and Serena Williams you got to hear. Next. Scott Robbins, do you think most people in America know as far as COVID stats go? Because there's been a lot of talk, at least since this Pfizer data dump the other day. They got to do a lot more of these before the end of the year. About exactly what they knew before the clinical trials, after the clinical trials, that sort of stuff. Yeah. They didn't want to put it out. Neither did the FDA. Court order. Got to do it by the end of the year. Can't wait decades. But just one of the stats, your chance of survivability only went below 99% once you got to above age 60. Okay? Uh-huh. And then it's incremental for every decade. I think even when you're 100, your chance of surviving was still better than 50-50. It was 57%. Well, your chance of surviving a hot bowl of soup is 50-50 when you're 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if you were to put everybody in the time machine and go back a couple years, knowing what we know now, would people have said, yes, it was worth shutting everything down? It was worth closing the schools, you know, in some states for not just months, but over a year, more than that, a couple of years. Do you think most people would have said, yeah, we still got to do that? No. I, I got to no. believe no. No, I got to believe no. No, I think increasingly the only people who really believe it was all worth it are people who were, who were either the ones making those decisions or the work-from-home pajama class that never missed a paycheck and never really had their lives interrupted. Or people that made a lot of money off of it. Sorry to bring it down to a nefarious level, but well, there no, is that, too. Well, sure. I mean, that's kind of implied. Okay. I'm like, man, David didn't think of the dark side. Oh, he was like, yeah, that's a given. Of course. Yes. Uh, remember when everybody was saying on the left, we got to cancel Joe Rogan. Oh, my gosh. False information, misinformation, COVID. Ah. And that sort of died down. So people thought, oh, my gosh, is he going to survive this? And then it was, well, he's, he's going to, you know, completely change the way he goes about topics. I don't think so. You've heard him recently. No, he didn't. No, nothing. Like talking about the trans athlete from the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about what it's doing to women's sports. Here's just a sample recently. But it's, it, that might be the woke straw that breaks the society's camel back. You're starting yeah. to see a lot of those now. People are so, women are so frustrated because if you, or, or parents, if your daughter is competing and they're competing against a trans woman, it's not fair. It's just not fair. No matter what anybody says. 
And then he goes on to talk about it. People talk about outliers. He's like, stop it. Everybody knows it's like basic common sense or different. Yeah, everybody knows that. And Dave Rubin was talking about this. And I think it was either him or someone on his staff dug up this clip that I vaguely remembered. It was on the David Letterman show way back when Letterman still had a show. And he had Serena Williams on talking about, because that was the popular thing at the time to talk about. Serena Williams is so great, she could probably beat a lot of the guys. And she was there to say no and talked about her friend, Andy Murray. And it's interesting to hear this now. Well, actually, it's funny because Andy Murray, he oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 and five to six minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Because it's, no, no, it's are, true. It's honestly, true. It's a completely, really? it's a completely different. Worth. The men are a lot faster, what? and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game, and I love to play women's tennis, and I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah, we're not. Gonna, I'm not gonna let you kill me. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you when it comes to tennis. I only want to play girls. Can't do that anymore either. Seemed like a little joke there from Dave. Not funny. That was the common sense everyone used to Isn't have. Isn't that something? Well, I, I mean, yes, it is. go back to the 1940s when this guy. <laughs> no, this was just a handful of years ago. Yeah, and a few years ago when there was a big controversy because I think it was John McEnroe. It was. Who was saying, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a different sport. Literally saying exactly what Serena Williams is, is heard saying. And Serena Williams took great offense at that. And it was this big culture war thing for about a week. Yes. And I think it was partly the way he said it, too. It was like, you know, matter of fact, like, well, no. She wouldn't be, if I remember right, in the top 100 or something like that. Yeah. She would be ranked 1,200th, something like that. Yeah. I think it's what he said. Actually, do I still have that clip? Try to save these before they all get wiped from the Internet. You ranked her at 700 on the men's. Where would you rank yourself? Uh, myself. Yeah, where the, would you put yourself? Uh, now, are you asking me at 58 years of age what I'd be ranked on the in the tour if I had to play best of five? Yeah. Which is what the men have to do at majors? Yes. I would be currently about 1,200 in the world. That's what it is. He'd be 1,200. She'd be 700. Yeah. In the world. Yes, that was a big controversy. But to hear Serena say it, no, I'd get beat in 10 minutes. Tells you everything you need to know. Well, I can remember that stupid battle of the sexes thing with Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. Yes. And how that made-for-TV event. Yes. And Bobby Riggs was like 73 then. Yes. <laughs> you know. Have you ever read into the backstory of that whole thing? Not really, no. I just remember it being this wasn't big it, deal. Wasn't it like gambling debts and like yeah, he dude. took a dive, essentially? If you And if you watch it back, it's been a number of years now since I did. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he did totally throw that thing. Well, like inexplicably, like just hitting balls into the net. It was amazing, though. The, oh, yeah. The amount, the amount of conversation that thing had. Oh, Holy smokes. Massive, yes. All right, you ready for your big three stories? Let's roll. Let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's go. 
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. It's Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Helped by his top 40 hero. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Yeah. Scott. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yes. I'm ready. All right. Okay. Three. A rapper named Gunu was killed in the Washington, D.C. area last month, and on Sunday they had a funeral for him at a nightclub, and they propped his dead body up on the stage. Oh, my gosh. This story is... Wow. Blows my mind. I mean, you know they've got the uh, the tours of holograms of dead people, right? Yes. And they've been doing that. Tupac's done it. Elvis yes. has done it, right? This time, the guy, his body is on display. He was propped up in a nightclub in D.C. It was it was billed as his last show this last Sunday night. Okay. By so the way, the guy's guy... been dead since March 18th. Yeah. So a while. Okay. Not knowing that much about it, you're talking about embalming and then yeah, able pro- to be stood up? Yeah, yeah, they stood him up with his eyes wide open. Bliss Nightclub, Washington, D.C., issued a statement on the incident after a video footage of it was making waves. Quote, our deepest condolences to, what did did you pronounce it, David? Gunu? Gunu's family and friends. Bliss was contacted, name of the club, by a local funeral home to rent out our venue for his homegoing celebration. We were never made aware of what would actually transpire. We sincerely apologize to those who may have been upset or offended. Please keep the family in your prayers during this difficult time. The video showed him clad in jeans, a hooded sweatshirt, glasses, and a crown on his head, and he was propped up next to the club's DJ, and attendees were boozing, drinking, and dancing. Woo! <laughs> and the dead guy's looking at on him on the dance floor the whole time. The family says, hey, we got no problem with this. They don't know anything about us. The rapper's sister said, we're not trying to clear anything up. We don't care what anybody. <laughs> and what y'all say have to say is negative. Nobody cares. We don't care. They're like, I know his mama wouldn't approve of this. Yes, she did. She's on stage with him. Oh my gosh. It was the creepiest thing. <laughs> People paid $40 cover charge to get in for his last concert. Wow. Honestly, that seems kind of low. Well, I guess to see a dead guy perform. Well, listen, man, I don't, I don't know how popular the rapper was. I mean, I suppose if it was somebody at the height of their powers, it would be more money. I have no idea, and I'm trying to say everybody grieves different, but man, that's crazy. Yes, that's crazy. Yes. Wow. Can we all agree on something today? <laughs> yeah. So there's your answer. Crazy. Yeah. Agree with that. Okay. Got We're getting closer and closer Dang, to man. number one. Two. Uh, Elon Musk is taking a seat on Twitter's board of directors. And the usual freakout is taking place right now. He put his money where his mouth is the other day, though, didn't he? Yes, he did. He has uh, been talking about this. enough stock in Twitter to be the single largest shareholder in the company. Now his involvement, they say, has become much more intimate. And, of course, the left is freaking out. How? Saying what? Well, that he's going to take him in a different direction. Yeah. And <laughs> it's going to be free speech. That's what I said, too. I mean, again, right now, don't forget, you'll get kicked off Twitter right. for stating biological truth. Like, a biological man is a man. Boom, gone. Can't say it. I just know this, and this is true. If 
these folks are crying to the sky, you're on the right track. If they're wringing their hands and they're weeping and they're gnashing their teeth, free speech, <sighs> you know you got them. Yeah, I agree. Say it again. Progressive activists and media pundits, Casey. <laughs> Speaking of dead guys performing, we got that occasionally here. Wow. Okay. Um, I have an extra. Oh, well, we'll get Not to that, really. but I think. And finally, one. Uh, Kansas won the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, and now the gender conversation has come back up. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, ESPN embarrassing themselves all over the place by falling all over themselves in an attempt to simultaneously hype the NCAA tournament for men and women and trying to make us feel like these have to be equal. Okay. And again, I'm a proponent of women's sports. I like women's sports. My granddaughter participates. Currently, the women's basketball tournament is part of a television package that includes 28 other championships and pays out $34 million a year. Meanwhile, the NCAA's deal with CBS and Turner is $770 million per year. It will go to $1.1 billion by 2025. Now, just for just for the sake of business here, let's look at the attendance figures, okay? Okay. The men's final game drew 69,423. The women's, 18,300 before. And before you say unfair comparison, let me just say this. The Superdome in New Orleans is a huge place, no question. It was sold out yes. for the championship game. Yeah, always is. For the women's uh, championship game, uh, Mucho tickets were still available. Yeah. And also, can you have it both ways here? The interest isn't the same. You, but you erase women from sports which is what seems to be going on now, but you bitch if I don't watch it. Well, that's true, too. See, I don't understand that. That's why it's your number one story today. Yes. People prefer watching what they want to watch. You can't force people to like a sport they simply don't want to watch. And is it, do you think, when you see the commercials, because it's not just the NCAA or ESPN, it's like there are corporate commercials saying we're going to try to change this because is it 40%? Yeah. Of college athletes are women, yet they get such small amounts of TV time, uh-huh. and they want to change that. Well, it is supply and demand. You can't put the MLS on the same level as the NFL. No. You can't do that. You can you can try to make me feel guilty if I don't feel that way, but I don't. Yes. And there you have it. Yeah. I, I, just, find, I just find this fascinating because you're going to see more and more of this. Because ESPN is so over the top with it now, yeah, they can't help themselves. And like you mentioned, corporates are, corporations are following suit. And again, if you want to watch the women's thing, that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad they have their own tournament. I'm glad they have an NCAA final. I'm glad it's on TV. That's fine. I'm glad young girls play. I'm I'm all I'm down like crazy with Title IX. Well, I can remember having that conversation with my daughter, talking about the difference in salary and all of that. Yes, especially when you get to the you know WNBA. And it's like, wow, it's such a huge difference. And I'm like, you want to watch uh, some WNBA? And she said, no, I don't. And that's when she really enjoyed watching some NBA games. It's really been an honor oh, for yeah, me. Thanks. Yeah, right, I know right. we got to get she to... did in, like watching them. Yeah. Yeah, but it just didn't like. I, I, I understand that. I get it. Believe me. And it might be different with a different sport. Sex is supposed Pig. to be. Oh, whatever. All right. Memorizing the news and a news update straight ahead right here.
Yikes. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Barack Obama, former president of the United States, appeared with the current president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, to commemorate the passage of the Affordable Care Act. And because, well, they just wanted to have a little bit of life in the White House, I think. Say what you want about Obama, but at least that guy can somewhat speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Very good at it. Uh, Joe Biden was talking about all the gains he's made on health care, including with the American Rescue Plan, which absolutely had nothing to do with crushing inflation that we're dealing with right now. (laughs) All right. Uh, That's the official talking point, at least from the White House. And here is Joe Biden trying to get a sentence out today. The American Rescue Plan subsidies, uh, subsidizes that are lowering premiums, subsidies lowering premiums and extending coverage. And uh, I got a little practice when you gave me that other act, you know, when we were president. You were president. I was with you. Uh, The rudimentary tasks are becoming impossible. Oh, buddy. Yeah, we, you know what? (laughs) I'll be more on that maybe tomorrow. We got Nimrods to get to, which is probably a good thing. Wow, is that sad. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, if you're anywhere around Oregon, you know the story. To throw it in there. Yesterday, 71-year-old woman in Oregon, Nancy Brophy, went on trial for allegedly murdering her husband four years ago. Yeah. In 2011, see, she wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband. Oh, wow. She also wrote a romance novel called The Wrong Husband. (laughs) But the judge ruled that those facts can't be entered into evidence, so the jury won't know. First heard about this in 2018, not many details. By the way, Nancy's not a successful writer. Lifetime passed on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's them runs in the news. 